Hello, everybody. This is episode two of the My Friend Jeff series. This time we're talking about music. We go into how he started playing, interests, and then a little bit of the creative process. Well, actually, probably more than a little bit of the creative process, a lot of the creative process. Then, like always, we sort of pivot into other things. We started talking about creativity as a whole, uh, trusting our own tastes, and definitely the imposter syndrome. And then we talked about the war of art, which is what we previously discussed on the uh, on part one of the of the series, resistance, all that stuff. Don't forget to like and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and to sign up for the newsletter on Canon Dispatch Substack. You can just Google Canon Dispatch Substack, or you can type it into your browser as Canon Dispatch. That's C-A-N-N-O-N-D-I-S-P-A-T-C-H dot substack dot com. Thank you for listening. Now, here's the episode. ready to do this thing now let's do it we've been talking about it for for the last hour and a half and uh we haven't done it and now let's do it we had all that resistance (laughs) dude it was a it was a fucking big black fiery ball of resistance and then there was phone calls and it was this and it was that and it was there was the dog it was everything and now here we are we finally hit record uh no lightning well, it was, you're gonna like conjure the lightning, like just just by saying no yeah, lightning. There hasn't been any. There's like no clouds in the sky. Or that's anything. my luck. Yeah, that's my luck. Um, All right, music. We're talking about music, music today, right? Today's the music, the music deal. So, uh, the, uh, how'd you get into music? How'd you get into playing music? Uh, by mistake. All right, short version. No, I was just a jerk of a kid. That's yeah. it. All right. Well, podcast over. See you later. Yep. Have a good night. No, um, so I was in eighth grade, and uh, my father was going through some really gnarly, um, like, chemo-esque treatments. We were supposed to move to Florida, um, but due to some weird insurance craft I didn't really understand when I was younger, um, he wouldn't be covered in Florida, and he wouldn't be able to work for somebody that could cover him. So we just moved to another place in Delaware. Delaware's where I'm from. Um, and uh, so I pretty much was doing everything by myself, like, un packing up the truck, unpacking the truck, pulling everything into the house, taking stuff out of boxes, because my sister was already off and gone in the military. And uh, the day is over, I unloaded this truck, and I was exhausted. My dad had already been asleep for probably 12 hours, because that's kind of all he did when he was going through his treatment. And I was uh, went down the basement just to get some like peace and quiet. Finished basement, it was nice. And I heard all this fucking noise coming from, the, like, on the other side of the wall. It was a townhouse. I was like, come on, man. What the fuck? It was. It wasn't late in the late in the evening or anything, but so I got fed, fed up with it, and I walked next door and banged on this guy's door. He never answered, and uh, I could tell the music was coming out of his basement. There's these little tiny windows, so I start pounding on the window, and he comes out front. and He's like, "What the fuck, man?" I was like, "Yeah, what the fuck, man?" He's like, this is this is thirteen year old, yeah, Jeff. Yeah, I was I was not the great <laughs> greatest child, and um, highly confrontational, and um. I was like, man, you're, look, I'm tired. I just unpacked this moving truck by myself. My, like, 13-year-old self just wants to take a nap, right. take a little nap-nap. But there's all this ruckus coming from the other side of the wall, and my guy, if you could, like, hold off for, like, an hour. And um, he's like, all right, I'll stop. Just come in. I'll show you something. And I was like, no, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen this movie. <laughs> like, we, the neighborhood we moved into wasn't stellar. Um, I was like, no. I've seen this movie. I'm not going in your house, big dog. Not going to happen. He's like, no, seriously, man. It will, I'll change your life. And I was like, yeah, you'll probably end it. I'm not, I'm not doing this. He's like, the worst that could happen is I stop making all this noise and you can take a nap. And I was like, fuck it. Whatever, bro. So I walk into his house and, um, 
it was a nice enough place. The dude looked like what you would think of, you know, like a 40-some-year-old guitar player would look like. Super long hair, huge beard, covered in tattoos. Had like right. a 69 Stingray in the driveway. Like, smelled like weed. Yeah. So I started walking down to his basement and uh, these crazy murals all over the wall. Um, at the time, I didn't know it, but it was like the Iron Maiden covers um, that he had drew himself. We get down to the basement and it's uh, just like four walls covered in guitars. And then uh, there's amps that line the walls, and he had a huge drum set and all this recording stuff. And I was like, shit, son, this is pretty cool. He was like, hey, just grab that guitar and uh, play. It's like, dog, I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know how to play anything. I don't know shit. Um, he's like, well, just try. I was like, just try? What do you mean just try? He was like, all right, hold on, hold on. So he plugged this guitar into this massive amplifier, which at the time I didn't think fuck all of it. I just thought it was big, and it ends up being like, one of the nicest amplifiers you can get that they're still crazy expensive. It was like a, um, an old uh, Mesa Boogie Mark V, I believe. Anyway, so he plugs it in, he turns his th- the volume on, it's making all these fucking noise, and he's like, hey, just put your pointer finger right here and your middle finger right here and just hit the strings. Uh, and then a sound came out that was a chord. It was music. And immediately I was like, shit, I did that? Now what? Now what? And he was like, oh, just keep the same shape and just slide it down two squares. I was like, okay. So I did it again and was like, fuck. This is dope. And he's like, yeah, cool. Take that guitar. Get the fuck out of my house. And I just played every day. That was it? That was it. That was like immediately. It was like it, uh, it just unlocked this box in my brain that I did not know was there. And uh, I just dove headfirst into it. I didn't do it properly. Never took lessons. Never learned music the right way i just like figured out how to tune the damn thing um and just ran with it um and it's it was kind of like uh it was what i needed at the time to hide away from all the like the ugly shit that was going on like my dad being in really poor health being a young kid in a brand new town at a brand new school um i had recently stopped racing bikes which i did um from like second grade until that point in time um, I'd stopped racing bikes nationally because my dad was too sick and I didn't, I wasn't enjoying traveling around the country without him. Uh, so music was just like the, it was like the safe place to run away to and get away from reality. So that's the playing of the music. But before that, did you have like a, like an interest in it, a passion in it? You like, you liked listening to it. There were things that you knew that you liked more than other things or like, before even the oh, playing absolutely. Who doesn't like music? But, dude, there are <clears throat> people that I'm not friends with. There are people that... Funny story. Yeah. Uh, when I was 18, um, I had ended up dating this girl. It was incredibly short-lived because um, I was playing a band at the time and I had people over for a band practice. And she was like, I don't get why you like this music stuff. It's like, the fuck you mean? <laughs> She's like, I don't really care about music. And I was like, you know, What? done cut from the team like that was the end of it right down there i was like i'm not even gonna waste my time here because music consumed like every waking minute for me yeah but uh yeah so uh i grew up listening to a lot of everything um my father listened to what was like your earliest do you have like an earliest memory yes absolutely it was oh, uh like 90s r&b uh later 90s i guess um i was born in the 90s uh like Donnell Jones, that uh, song, album, Where I Want to Be. Like, I just, that was, that's my first, like, real memory of music. And, um, was that from your dad? Like, your dad was, was listening no, to No, that it? was my, my sister. Um, how, she's older than you by, yeah, now. she's, um, five and a half ish years old. Okay. Um, that was my sister. Me and her were together a lot. It was my father's a single father, and he worked, worked all the fucking time. Um, and, he listened to music around a lot, but I never really, it never really like, stuck with me. I never really paid attention to it. It was just kind of background noise. Um, so I always obviously heard other stuff before, but uh, the Donald Jones album, something about it, it just was like, I was like, oh, hey, what's this? This is cool. You know, it's really, um, it's really emotional music. Um, a whole lot of like really pretty guitar chords and you know, it's R&B. It's real smooth, good bass lines. Um, so that was like my first like that I really paid hard attention to music um, was this R&B album. And that just turned into 
the rest of the R&B world, like Drew Hill and Johnny Gill, John B., Maxwell, early, early R. Kelly. My father listened to fucking everything. Um, he listened to old, older, early Slayer, very early Metallica, Anthrax, and then like Queensryche and Queens of the Stone Age. But he also was like a country line dance instructor. <laughs> um, and he liked country. We had horses and stuff when I was younger. Um, but I think that was more of a, he was a single dad and it was easy to meet new friends. Yeah. yeah being totally. a line dance instructor. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the metal thing, which that seems obvious. You know, I've got dumb ass holes in my ears and a bunch of tattoos and you've heard my music. I play a lot of heavier stuff. Yes. Um, Linkin Park. Lincoln like when Park. they, what was it like? Late ninety? It was early two thousand. I was in high school when, when uh, I first heard the Hybrid Theory. Album. Hybrid Theory, right? Fuck, what year did that come out? It, it had to be like two thousand, two thousand one. I think I was maybe ten or eleven years old. Yeah, it sounds about right. Um, yeah, it's probably about right. Quit moving, dog. Disclaimer: If you hear a bunch of clicking and moving around, our dogs are pestering and us, and he's. <laughs> He's absolutely passing gas. Oh dude. man, it's rancid. Yeah, it's, dude, he's, <laughs> he even knows it's foul. His ears are They're, like are back. They are so bad at that, man. I don't know what it is, but shut up, man. Don't start that. What was I saying? You were talking about ah, Lincoln Park. Ah, yes. Uh, no, I was just this, this young whippersnapper uh, getting home from school. I'd have my Walkman and my headphones. Not the anti-shock Walkman. If you moved, like, breathe too heavy on it, it skipped. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I would just blast the Hybrid Theory album over and over again. Um, and suddenly I, liked started getting into heavier music. I don't... Where did... I mean, that did that just come from, like, listening to the radio or somebody said, hey, look at this. Look at this album. Um, or, I, th- I think one of my sister's friends gave it to her. And she's like, I'm not listening to this trash. And uh, I ended up with it. And I thought the uh, disc looked cool. So I was like, we'll put that in. Because it was like, the disc was like a dark red and had the, like, I think it had like a black silhouette of something on it. Okay. Vaguely remember it. Yeah, I um, vaguely remember it too. Um, I put that on and I was like, whoa, this is some intense shit. Which, you know, uh, a dozen other point in time that I was feeling a lot of intense stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was my dad was a good. My dad was a good guy, but it was a it was a pretty tense upbringing. You know, single parent. Yeah, and kind of lived a little too far away from people to have friends and right. or stable friends, and you know how it goes. Growing up's a shitstorm. Um, and I don't even. I couldn't even tell you what it was about it that got me. But like, it doesn't matter. No, the, then like something, uh, something, something got you, and that was all. It I is. don't remember where in the series. Um, that their live in live in Texas DVD came out. My father got me the live in Texas DVD for Christmas one year, and uh, I watched that like religiously. Like, it's that's all I watched. I slapped that thing in my PS One. I think maybe a DVD player. That was a long time ago. Um, and I just watched it all the time. Watched a live performance. Watching the guitar player get down, and the drummer go to town on his electric drums, which I didn't know they were at the time. Um, and the vocals and the crowd going nuts. And I was like, this shit rules, son. But this is before I found instruments, found playing guitar. So we kind of started yeah, that a little was later little, then. Yeah, yeah. That was, you were like, I don't know, incubated, whatever, in that whole thing. And then the guitars came after. So yeah. it was almost like, I don't know, not, I'm not going to say primed, but it, it you kind of had this like, oh, my, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. And then when the guitar dude that you met, the the the... Crazy, older, tattooed, yeah, yeah. bearded, long-haired, yeah. you know, uh, dude that you met. Yeah, that's sort of like, <laughs> what he's growling. He's, yeah. just, he's just being a baby, man. So when you, yeah, when you met him, it was just sort of like, oh, this is what they were doing. Yeah. Right? But, but, um, so I, I watched this DVD, like, on repeat. And I was just, like, obsessed with every aspect of it. The jump around the stage, the guitars, and it sounded like... I didn't know the term at the time, but I was like, man, there's something about these guitars that's different because they were, they were tuned a little bit lower. Um, had these like real, some of these real choppy riffs before they had these huge, massive choruses and hooks. Uh, they had, you know, their, their DJ stuff in there and all their weird samples, but uh, right. it was like, 
there was parts in it I was like, oh, okay, this is like kind of like R and B, what I've been listening to for a long time. And then like, oh, these are these huge like radio hit choruses, but they've got this these like nitty gritty undertones, and I thought it was the shit. And then um, that progressed into like Kill Switch Engage uh, and Terror, the band Terror, not actual Terror. <laughs> um, Maybe I've, a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. So um. Another Christmas comes around, and um, my dad gave me, like, I don't know, 10 or $15 to go run around the Dover Mall with. And was like, here, go do your thing. I was like, I'm going to go to the music store. And I would, it was FYE Music. I think I, those, re- I remember FYE. I think those are extinct now. They, they might have a website. I don't know, but I remember FYE. But, um, I would just, I'd go to the mall with my friends. We'd go run into FYE and stick headphones on and just listen to shit. Because you could, uh, like, scan the barcode and listen to a couple right. seconds of each song. And, um, Which was super sick. <clears throat> yeah. So I bought I bought uh, Kill Switch Engage, The End of Heartache. That album, I think it came out in 2004, 2005, somewhere in there. And uh, I bought it because the album art. It was, like, bloody hands holding a black heart with nails in it. And I was like... Whoa, this is crazy. I got that and I got uh, Terror's album. Oh, I think it was oh, the, one way, the One with the Underdog or The Way with the Underdog or something like that. Um, I haven't listened to that album in years either. But So then it was like this whole new world of metal, like very, in my opinion at the time, way tuned, lower tuned guitars, this like, like guttural screaming. I didn't understand what they were saying, so I'd sit down with the pamphlet and read the lyrics out of the book and um, was like, wow, this music's really cool. And fast forward to when I started playing guitar, that was, the, that was what I wanted to learn how to play. Right. I had no idea how it was done, but I just, that's all I wanted to know. I would sit on, I'd found the Guitar Tabs website and I'd look up every song I thought sounded cool and see if I could figure it out. And, uh, and now, fast forward to being 32 years old, if you listen to my music, you can tell that, like, Linkin Park and Kill Switch Engage were, like, my first loves of heavy music. Because I still had the, like, the nitty-gritty riffs and then the huge choruses with these, like, R&B chords being picked apart underneath of all that. So it's, and my music's very typical. It's it's nothing out of this world or crazy, but uh, that's kind of where, like, all of my early interest in music came together and stopped because I haven't progressed. I have not kept up with modern music at all. I listen to it, but as far as playing it, recording it, no, I work hierarchically that way. <laughs> hey, oh, man. Dude. You've been, you're, you, you passed your test. You've been studying up really well. It's really. I had, that, was, that was all off the cuff, man. I haven't like thought about this shit at all. No, I mean like the hierarchical. Oh, uh, oh, Stephen the, Pressfield. Yeah, Stephen Pressfield. Yeah. That's, From th- the last episode. I had to throw that book in there, that book reference. Yeah. Um, in which that, that. Shut up, dog. Dang. Um, that part of the book was actually what got me back into my music room because I hadn't been doing much at all. I felt like stagnant. I was uninspired. And it's because I was, uh, no, I was operating hierarchically, not territorially. Right. Territory. Ter- 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 you said it right the yeah, first territorial. time. Territorial. Yeah, you said it right. Yeah. I wasn't operating within my own territory. I was worried about what everybody else was doing and trying to keep up. And that's just not what's natural for me with music. I don't, but really I don't give a shit about that stuff. I like to listen to it, playing it. It's not for me. Um, so when I got to that chapter in that book, I got right back in here, like immediately was inspired. I was hashing out all these ideas that I probably had for years. I just thought, no, these aren't that cool. It's fucking cool to me. Yeah. Somebody else might like it. If they don't, it really doesn't change my day. Right. I think when you, when you've been playing <clears throat> as long as you've, as somebody like like you has been playing, I mean, this is, this doesn't, it's not, this isn't everybody, but um, you, th- I think there comes a point, especially when you're, when you are interested in making music, that you don't really pay attention to what everybody else. What like what's popular or what everybody else wants or whatever, you do naturally pay more attention to what it is that you want, you know, and what it is that you think that sounds cool. Because the the only thing that matters whenever you're making any anything when this this goes with any kind of creative pursuit is your own taste. Yeah. Do I like this? Does it is it cool to me? You know? And that's it. 
And whatever uh, measuring stick or mechanism inside of you that's determining what you think is cool or whatever, I, I'm not even interested in, in dissecting that about myself. Yeah. You know, or, or about anybody. It, when you follow somebody, when you listen to somebody, like like when I listen to your like your music too, I'm listening to what you think sounds cool. Yeah, that's and that, what all, that's all it is. That's all music is. That's all it is. I mean, just music is, well, in my opinion, it's it's everything. It, it makes the world go round. It's the most interesting form of expression. Even instrumental music, even more so. Um, but recording music that is a whole other a whole Pandora's box, like. Uh, the second I learned how to like make a sound and keep it, you know, I was just, you know, this asshole with a little guitar and a terrible like shoebox amplifier in my room at my dad's house going nuts, making a bunch of fucking noise. I had no idea how to like record something or to keep it. Um, I like the way you put that, by the way. To keep it? Yeah. I, it's cool. It's a really interesting way to think about it. Yeah. Because, yeah, even when I was a kid, it was that was what it was you were you were playing, and it it was just gone. Like it was kind of zen in a way. Like yeah. I made this thing, and then I'm just let I'm letting it go. But then when like the way that you say it, keep it. That's actually that's really cool. Appreciate that. Yeah. I was just trying to dumb it down and not speaking retort re- recording terms till we get to that point. I don't know about dumbing it down. It was a very simplified way. Of of explaining something, yeah. and I but not dumb, like you know what I mean. For me, it was uh, yeah, not not dumb at all. Yeah, so. Oh no! It's all right. The music won't be in the podcast. Sorry. Let's see what it. What is that? I wonder if it, I wonder if, you, if it even recorded it. No, I didn't record it. Oh, everybody's like, "What is? What are they doing? What's going yeah, on?" Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> that was my bad. I let the computer fall asleep. It's all right. Um, so, I, uh, you know, I liked I liked learning how to play stuff. I learned a couple simple things, and I had started like learning how to put like simple riffs together and kind of make what at the time I thought were songs. Um, I was like, man, I just keep, I keep playing it. It's gone, and I can hear it in my head all day, every day. Like I was just obsessed with it. I wanted to do more. I wanted to do more. Uh, and of course, you want to show people. You want to. It's like you want to show people your baby. Like, look what I made. Look what I made. Look, it's it's terrible. It sucks. I'm I'm no good at this, but I want to show somebody. Yeah. Um. So I uh, got like a little like USB stick mic. Horrible. And uh, I dragged my little like shoebox piece of crap amplifier. It was actually this old brand called Crate. The thing sounded like a vacuum cleaner. Um, now it's sticking in front of this little tiny USB mic. You know the ones that looks like a pencil. Um, yeah. And uh, I had Audacity, yeah, the, that old software. And I would just hit the red button and I'd start playing. Um, and then I was like, "Oh man, I've got this forever. Yeah, I've got this forever now." Like it's mine. I can have it whenever I want. You're right. It'd just be like a, you know, a thirty second clip of like a little diddly riff and then some strummed chords. And I was like, wait a minute. I want to add something else to it. I think I know some other notes that'll fit here. And I couldn't line up the times. I wasn't using a metronome. I didn't know what a metronome was. Um, so okay, so maybe I should put like a couple like on the guitar first. Before I record, so I know when to come in the next time. Um, and then I was, that was my first taste of like putting together something. So it went from just being a simple guitar riff that's just one dude playing a guitar for a short amount of time to sounding like a second dude playing something that complements the first simple thing. And I was like, fuck me. This is the coolest shit ever. I'm going to fucking quit school. I'm going to cut all my friends off. I'm not going to eat. This is all I'm going to do. And I just became obsessed. Obsessed with it. Um, now I'm here. But that, but you know the, the, the whole idea that you said about um, wanting to record it because you want people to hear it, right? But then you'd have to remember. Like when you, when you write something and you're like, oh... How am I going to remember, remember this? Especially when you don't know like how to write or you can write tab, but 
especially when you don't know that stuff, right? You know, how, how am I going to remember that? And back in the day, there wasn't, there wasn't the, like, there wasn't cell phones everywhere. So yeah. you didn't have recording device. You had to yeah. go out and buy uh, even, a, even a voice recorder or whatever, right? But there, sometimes, I, sometimes I think about that stuff because it was the same with me when I started drums. And how do you say? I, there's something about being forced to remember these things that you've, that you've created and that you played them yep. over and over and over, almost to the point where you, I mean, you know how this is, how this is almost to the point where you didn't like it anymore. Right. Cause you were, or, or you were tired of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you were forced to do it because that was the way the technology was. Right. Yeah. So, but there's almost, there, there's almost a good th- there's like there's like the cutting of your teeth this is what you have to do you know right there's this sort of like and like you like you talked about too when you're when you like write write something and you want your friends to or your your sister or whoever to hear it right you sucked at the beginning right but like everybody sucks at the beginning you have right? to yeah it, there's this whole idea where, like, you know, with the, there's all this culture nowadays of like, music, oh, you know, you go on all these shows or bullshit, whatever, right? But like, yeah, the the thing is, is you have to suck, right? Like even when I when I started to, like years ago, when after um, I've been playing drums for a long time, and then I was like, uh, I was being stationed on a ship and I couldn't play the drums on a ship, so I bought a guitar because I was like, I, I wanted to just, I wanted to be able to do something, you know. Um, yeah, I would get sort of beside, beside myself because I would compare, what did they say? I would compare my worst, so being new on the guitar, yeah. to watching, I always use the reference of like Jimmy Page or somebody playing guitar. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I'm, I suck. I don't, I don't want to play this anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, this whole idea of what you were saying, like sucking or, or I didn't having to repeat this stuff, it ingrained it in your mind but then you immediately you're able to like play it better because you played it so many times it's like what was it the, the quote by bruce lee where he says what did he say something about like i'm not as scared of a man who practices 1000 kicks once i'm practice or fuck i fucked this up all right i'm gonna say it again anything you know what i'm about to say i'm not afraid of the man who practices 1000 kicks once i'm afraid of the man who practices one kick 1,000 times. Yeah, yeah. It's the same concept when it comes to learning an instrument. Yeah, and this is a, that's a, you can't use that reference to even relate to me at all because I, with as long as I've been playing music, I should be way better than I am. But uh, I'm happy with my music. And I think this, you're hard on yourself, by the way. Oh, I'm incredibly hard on myself. But I also know that, like, I should be a lot better than I am. Uh, but it's every good player worth worth their salt will say that. Yeah, maybe. But it's like the things that people think are make you a good guitar player. Like I don't really fucking care about those things. Like the all the like high flying solos and the shredding and being like Ingwe Momstein, like just going out of your skull playing fast. Like I just I I like it. I like to watch it. I like to hear it. I don't really care if I can ever do that. Um. And if anybody listening to this hears our main music ever, um, you'll probably notice that. I just play a lot of big-ass chords um, and strumming stuff and real simple riffs, but it's, it's what I like. It's why well, do something if you're not doing what you like. Um, yeah, totally. I'm not in, like, I got a full-time job. I'm not doing this to make a living. Um, I do it for myself. Um, and also reading that book, maybe go, you know, I should just start putting stuff on YouTube again. Cause I did for a few years. And I just stopped. Um, I put it out there just because, well, one, it's an easier way for me to listen to it. And I feel like I checked the box. Like, all right, I wrote the song, recorded it, mixed it, mastered it, put it somewhere other than just sitting on my computer. Um, where if in general, general casual conversations, so I was like, Oh, what do you do? I'm like, oh, uh, photography, music, and hang out with my wife, my dogs. Oh, music. Because usually somebody's like, oh, well, that's cool. What kind? Um, I can be like, oh, here. Here's my YouTube link. Go fucking nuts, buddy. No, but it's cool because also, you know, when you, uh, when you, when you put stuff out like that, um, 
you naturally are going to connect with people that are interested in the same thing you are. Yes. And then that's going to naturally enhance you doing what you were doing again, you know? So it's like this, like, you know, like when you build a, you have like a compost in like one of those jars, you know what I mean? It like starts like building its own yeah. sort of ecosystem. That's, that's, that's the why, that's, that's the way it's good. There's another, was it in, was it in uh, the War of Art or was it in another book I read? I think it was in War of Art where he talks about how like the world needs your, your art, whatever your creative output is, like the world needs that. I think it was in the War of Art. Yeah, I think I, he talked about that, how like you have to let it out because your thing that you help like create is going to inspire other people yeah. to do the same thing. And it's not like, you, you know, like you said, you're not that guy. I don't know who, the guy you mentioned before. You're not that guy, yeah. right? But you're you're you. But there's other people that are going to relate to you more than they can relate to this other guy. And that might inspire somebody. He's like, hey, I could do that. You know, and you've you've definitely done that. Seeing other people on you, you're like, "Hey, it's a good idea. I like the way that guy does that. I, I'm going to do the same thing, or I'm going to have my own little yeah twist on it." And um, it's it's a, it's almost a it's a funny thing that like me being hard on myself about it and uh, saying like I just put the music out there to check the box and say I did it. Um, but every time I'm a, like, uh, how do I put it? Every time I put the music out, I'm like instantly thankful that I did. Because I mean, to be realistic, like all the songs I write, they are just recycled versions of like the same shit I've been writing since I was 13 years old. Because uh. um, I've always just written. I didn't, I don't know many covers. I didn't really care to learn other people's stuff. I wanted to create my own thing. Uh. Um, but it's all just recycled versions of the same shit I've been playing for years. Um, but it's every time I put it out. Um, I mean, I don't get like an outpouring of uh, attention, but usually like the first person that says something like, oh, this is cool, man. I'm like, yes. That's all you need is one per Like, yeah, it's all you like, need is one, I'm like, one man, person. Somebody took, you know, the three minutes out of their day to listen to something I created. This is the shit. Right. But I don't get hung up on it. Like, I don't live for that. I'm like, amazing, fantastic. That improved my day. Back to business. Back to business. Um, and usually by the time I like put the song on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, whatever, by that point, I'm so sick of it. I'm so fucking sick of it. Yeah, I, already yeah. rec I already recorded the same so, damn guitar part 300 fucking times before right. I got it you know, decent enough that I could, okay, fine, fine, right. I got this. Right. Um, I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. And then doing the video and playing the same song several times to get all the different angles and then editing the video like over it. Like, right. I don't ever want to hear that shit again. Right. Um, but as soon as somebody is like, oh, I really like this one part. I'm like, what part was that? And I go and look and I'm like, oh, thanks for listening. That's right. the shit. Um, right. Yeah, it's, I mean, I could probably go on all day about that stuff. And the writing music versus playing covers and um, I don't know, man. The, I like the, because um, sometimes you'll text me and you'll go, oh, yeah. Today I spent the whole day writing this song or today I was like, I, I played the guitar all day, you know? And it's like you have this thing that a lot of people maybe, well, everybody, everybody might have something that's like this, but when you start doing it, you just get carried away. Like time just goes like. Oh, for, for sure. Um, you know? I'm guilty of it. Like uh, my wife's in the States right now and – uh so I've been coming home during, like, my lunch break to let the dogs out. I, like, walk in the door, leave the fucking thing open, come upstairs and, like, mess with whatever I was recording last for 15, 20 minutes before I go bring the dogs back in the house and right. go back to work. Yeah. Um, or uh, since she's not here, I'm waking up earlier to deal with the dogs before I go to work. Um, so I, like, wake up, run downstairs, swing the front door open, grab my, like, instant nest cafe in, from the hot water kettle. <laughs> And I come back up here and I stir my coffee and listen to like whatever I was working on last and like, oh, I could do this instead. I could do this instead. And like just after reading that fucking book, like I became re-obsessed with creating music. Um, like it just – I was getting like fed up with it and irritated because I was, I was doing the, the comparison thing. I was just like, man, they're putting – look at these people putting out all this cool music like – 
the stuff I play is so outdated. Nobody cares anymore. That's so 2006. Um, literally, it is. It's very 2006. It's the, my favorite kind of metal. It's what I will, will probably always play. Um, and then fucking Stephen Pressfield, he had that speech about working, operating hierarchically versus territorially. And I was like, shit, that's my problem. I literally, I literally wrote it on an uh, index card, and it's taped to the, my screen at work. So when I start having those like intrusive thoughts, I'm like, fuck that. I'm going to operate in the world I know and love. Right. Um, and I can still think all day, like, nobody's going to like this. Somebody's going to fucking like it. Well, yeah, you could do that all day. That's that imposter syndrome thing. You can do that all day. I think we've talked about imposter syndrome. We have, but I would be very happy to talk about that because I have the I have that all the damn time. Yeah. Every single episode that I release for a podcast, I have an imposter syndrome. I tell myself, "Who in the fuck are you to have a podcast?" Yeah, who do you think you are, bro? Who, yeah, I, I think about it all the time. I, I, the one thing that I always always go on the the example I always give. Joe Rogan is interviewing Neil deGrasse fucking Tyson. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That happened in this reality, right? People can listen to Joe Rogan interview Neil deGrasse fucking Tyson, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So, and they can use their earth time, their time while they're here breathing and existing on earth to listen to that. Or they can use their time to listen to me talk with you, yeah, or talk with anybody else or whatever. You know, there's a there's another thought that so imposter syndrome. This goes this for me. This runs way outside of music. Like I think even with you know my intrusive negative bullshit about my own music, um, I'm the most comfortable with that compared to anything else. Um, but there was I don't know if I watched it when I was going down the uh, rabbit hole of like podcast stuff uh, after you were like, oh, let's do my podcast. And I finally did it. Um, that was a great, that was a great impression. Of there was me. a guy talking about, yeah, yeah. There was a guy talking about like the statistics of podcasting and uh, it's not, it's not like music for one. Like uh, if you get 28 downloads on your podcast, you're like in the top 25% of podcasts or something like that because wow. The numbers are so much different than music. Like in music, you need like a million streams for anybody to fucking care and you to make ten dollars off of it or whatever right. it is. But um it's like ultimately if you're if you're doing it for the views and you're doing it for the attention, you're doing it for the wrong reason. And if you only get five downloads and that podcast was an hour long, that is five people that spent an hour listening to your shit. Right. Deets, shut up, man. Sorry, dogs. Um, and so I kind of, when I, I, when I put out music on, uh, YouTube or whatever, I don't, I, I've been trying not to go back and look at how many streams I have, how many downloads it has, because right. you'll just drive yourself insane. Yes. Stop, man. Um, you'll just drive yourself insane comparing, comparing yourself, comparing, 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 which I won't go too harder than that because that's our social media episode. Yeah, totally. Um, and regardless, it's like, ah. I got 15 streams. That's 15 people that took, you know, three minutes out of their 24 hours listening to something I created yeah. or listen to something I talked about or whatever it is, which right. is, that's cool. You imagine trying to get 15 people into a, a room the size we're in right now? That's too many fucking people. Yeah. Like that's, it's a, it's just like a whole new perspective. And I was like, man, that's a good way to look at it. It's a very good way to look at it. Another way to look at it is this. There's what eight eight billion people in the world. Yeah, you know, the people that are creating music or creating podcasts or writing books or whatever, um, the ratio of those that are creating versus those that are consuming that information yeah. is insane. It is so. You know, if you feel like that you want to say something or you, you know, with your music, with your writing, with podcasting or with whatever your art is, then just do it, you know, because you're going to naturally connect with people that are like-minded. Yep. You know, that, that exactly, you know, it's exactly what you're saying too. So yeah, that that's, 
whenever the imposter syndrome uh, thought creeps, I start, I sort of shift my focus to those things. Yeah. You know, because, because yeah, if you, if you let yourself go down that hole, then it, that's what it is. It's just a hole that you're never going to dig yourself out of. You know what I, I mean? I used to remind myself of this same, I don't think the statistics accurate anymore. It's probably way, way different now because of technology. And it's so before I get into that, um, there used to be this number that was like 600,000 bands are formed every year. And do you think yours is going to make it? Like, fuck, that is that's incredibly negative. Right. I never really thought of it that way. Um, I was just kind of like, you know, when I'm try- when I was trying to start a new band, you know, back in my hometown, I would think that, like, who the fuck do I think I am? Go out here and try to start a band. Right. Like, the fuck? Anyway, did it anyway, but... That number's probably way higher now, thanks to technology. And, like, if you've got, you know, I don't know, 500 bucks in your pocket that you want to can do anything you want with, like, you can buy an interface, a pair of headphones, and a computer, laptop, with decent specs, and you can write recording music at home. Yep. Right? Like that. No problem. Um, so the statistics probably way higher now. But, man. You got, you got the Clydesdale over there. Yeah, there's... They're fucking pain in the ass. How dare my wife go to go to the states to see her family? How dare her? She's not here to occupy the dogs. I'm just kidding. She's she's fantastic. The dogs are fantastic. Um, fuck. Yeah, imposter syndrome. Holy shit, man. I, I do that with like, I do that all day every day with fucking. This dude's not gonna just sit in here and chew a bone. It's like it's almost like he knows. Yeah, he knows we're trying to do something to be productive, and he's like, "I want the attention." It's the resistance, bro. It's that resistance. So, um, the imposter syndrome that goes into like everything, everything, all day, every day, and uh, <laughs> I, I just wanted y'all to listen to that for a few minutes or a few seconds. De- Come on, dude. Deeds, man. Stop, man. Stop. Just, just stop. Come on, man. Golly. Whatever. Whatever. It's natural. It's authentic. This is my house. So we're doing this in. That's right. So even, even my job, um, at least once a day, I'm like, what am I doing here? How did I get here? There's no way I should be having this job. There's no way I should be responsible for all these things and be the decision maker for all these things. Who picked me for this? Are they fucking crazy? Then somebody asked me a question that's in my wheelhouse. Should I do? And I immediately have the answer. I know how to fix the problem. I know, or I know at least know how to start investigating the issue, how to start thinking about mitigating it. And then as soon as that's over, I go right to thinking like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. What am I doing here? I have no idea what I'm doing. Even though I, like, I have the like the education documents that say I know what I'm doing, um, but still, it's just a I don't know what it is, man. Maybe it's in the the water we drink growing up that makes us be this way. I have no fucking idea. The thing is, is everybody's like that. Are they? Yes. Well, those people that are overly confident are probably serial killers. The people that are over, overly confident are just, they're just, a lot of them will deny that part of themselves. But a lot of times the people that are overly confident are, they're trying to interject themselves because they are terrified of it, right? So they have to like overcompensate, you know? The, you you just reminded me, there was this little four-panel four comic strip I saw one time. And it was like a guy... It, it, I don't know what that is. That's that the fucking is. TV, oh. man. We can't can't win. I'm okay, dude. dude you're, you're the one that's like geeking out. Like you're, you're not you're not wrong. I just always want shit to be perfect. Yeah, for me, is like he said, this is this, this normal life, man. You Whatever. got you got deeds chewing on the bone or licking his balls, Unless, and then you got the. I've been trying to make sure you don't hear the ice in my drink every time I pick it up. And <laughs> no, man, <laughs> screw that. Um, it was a four panel comic strip, and it was a guy. It was like in high. It was like a picture of a guy in, in high school or like in elementary school, and it was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And then it was like him in like you know graduating university. I have no idea what I'm doing. And then him like uh, working his job, you know, and he's like in his fifties. Like I have no idea what I'm doing. And then the last one was a panel of like his gravestone. It was like here lies Bill. He had no idea what he was doing. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's exactly <laughs> what you just said. You know, yeah, it's all like. It, it, all the way down to like cooking myself breakfast. I'm like, who the fuck do I think I am? 
cooking yeah. breakfast. Are you are you high, dude? Who the fuck are you paying your taxes? Who yeah. the fuck do you think you are? Yeah. You think you can do your own taxes, bro? Yeah, like it's like I know that in high school I worked at a Waffle House, so clearly I know how to fucking cook breakfast. That's what, and you know how to fight too, and that's why you know. <laughs> that's why you know Who, how to fight. Oh, wait, we're not going to bring the fight conversation here. No, and, we're not. Uh, we definitely will not interview any of my friends I grew up with. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just it's insane. Like it, it's it like interrupts like so much brain space. It's like. Get ready for work, and I'm like, who do you think you are putting on a fucking red flannel? You got a beard. You're not a goddamn lumber- lumberjack. Go back to bed, loser. <laughs> and it's like, come on, bro. Like, this is this is insane. Let me just go about my business, which that would easily go into the social media conversation again. There's two ways. And I think also with that, what you're saying, there's two ways to think about it. Um, I mean, there's fucking infinitesimal amount of ways to look at it, but this is the way I see it, I guess. You can, but it's the same thing, right? You can just say, nobody, oh, nobody cares, right? And then you have this sad face. Nobody cares, like what I do. Nobody cares, right? But then the other one here is, nobody cares, and it's a happy face. Because it means that there's no pressure. Yeah. Like, you're, you're, you're literally, literally nobody, nobody cares that and that should be liberating. So this this is kind of a not to bring tattoos into this top topic too much, but uh, I, I got one pretty recently. It's simple, like an American traditional thing. It's an anvil, and it has a banner around that says "Work harder." The quote initially was a lot longer, and it fit in my drawing I did on my iPad because I'm not a tattoo artist. I didn't really think about how it would fit on an arm, but it was no one cares. Work harder, right? And uh, it's such a like a cliche thing to say, and all the alpha males, all the fucking alpha males say shit like that, or the alpha, which that's like another thing. It's under fire right now, right? Um, but it was just kind of like, it's not that like, no, no one really cares. So I'm just gonna do it anyway. Yeah, um, I'm gonna work hard for me. I'm not gonna work hard to impress all of the no ones that don't care. Right. Um, I think it. I think when people see it, it comes across as aggressive. Right. But it's it's for me, it's just like it's probably one of my only tattoos that has any meaning. The rest of them, are like, oh, school with the bird looks cool. Um, for me, it's like a no one no one really cares what you're doing, man. Just, just do it for you. Make sure you're working hard for your quality of life, and that um, your family is happy, healthy, fed. You know, has the means to do the things they want to do and live a reasonably peaceful lifestyle i say reasonably because i'm a fucking tyrant with my wife in like a funny way always fucking joking her joking on her sneaking up on her talking in goofy voices harassing her about nonsense it's like but so she's got a reasonably peaceful life (laughs) but we really do we have we have a great time it's a good life um but that's that's my uh no one cares work harder yeah however we just got into that topic I don't know how we got into it either, but that's that's the whole thing when it comes to like making music or like again making this podcast or the newsletter or whatever. It's like, hey man, the, the people that are going to care are going to read it or listen to it or whatever. They're right? going to care, yeah. And then and they're not the no one, yeah, yeah. So so why if you feel like you want to say something, no matter what what it doesn't matter whatever it is, whatever the niche is that you that you like, you know what I mean? Yeah, you can do it, and uh, you're you're gonna attract the people that that naturally want to follow that sort of thing. So we're like even the way that we're talking right now, we're like talking over the dog chewing a bone. Yeah, that that in that way, we're like not disproving. But yeah, we're sort of we're sort of dismantling or taking the power out of uh, imposter syndrome. Uh, yes, and then I'm gonna get up tomorrow morning and I'm gonna drive to a tattoo appointment. And be like, who the fuck you think you are? Going to get a tattoo? But it like, but it doesn't it doesn't go away. No, but, no, it doesn't. But that's okay. It's like it's like a it's that like rowdy mangy dog that you have yeah. and uh sometimes you just gotta let it out and run around for a minute and you pack it back into where it was and hidden away from the world so because it's it's your rowdy mangy dog and i mean you feed it you have to right um that, that's kind of how i look at it like i know i have this imposter syndrome thing and i know uh 
I think about in every aspect of life. It's it's something in the back of my head's like little suck, you right. know. Right. Um, Sorry, I let it out. I let it do its thing, and then I fucking put it away, and I put my head down and get back to doing whatever the fuck it is I'm doing. But that's again, that's good because people need pressure for yes. for a lot of for a lot of things, especially especially when it comes to creative stuff. But people need pressure. You you need that little naggy dog, right? That that's doing the thing, J- just like Batman needs Joker. Right, like yeah, they they have to exist. They have to coexist. They have to just. That's why, like resistance, resistance exists, and it's a good thing that resistance exists. Yes, and if because if there wasn't resistance, then there wouldn't be the opposite of resistance, and then you wouldn't do shit. Yep. You'd sit there and consume. I mean, I mean, I, dude, if that didn't, if that didn't exist, YouTube wouldn't exist. Like nothing would exist. Yeah, literally nothing would exist, and uh, we'd be like the little dudes on Human Fall Flat, just kind of stumbling around <laughs> like drunk toddlers, yeah. like moving boxes around just because they're there. Exactly. So, like, it's a good thing because it, it's this sort of burning. Yeah, it's that little you know, the little two D video game. This this creature that's like that's chasing you on the back part of the stage, and you're yeah. having to like navigate yeah. this whole. But that it's it's there for that reason. Yeah, and uh. I recognize that I have to I have to let it exist because um, the imposter syndrome, like quickly for me, turns into like complete like nihilism, 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 nihilism. Where I'm just like I go from being like you shouldn't have this job. What are you even doing here? To what is anybody doing here? Why are we here? What's the point of this? Right. I was born against my own will, and somehow I am. Now in Greece, and I'm working a job, and I don't know why I'm even here. I don't know why the person in the next office is here. What are we doing? What's the point of any of this? Right. It, it quickly turns into that, and then I get an email. I'm like, all right, reel it the fuck in, get back to work. You right. know? Yeah. Um, it's it's nutty. It's absolutely nutty. This is turning into a mental health thing again. I know, right? This is a huge topic. Uh, I think about mental health all day, every day, in a good way, right. not like a. I don't. I don't ever think like, oh, I hate my life. This is awful. Because that's not that's not productive and uh, I'm results and solution oriented. And I think if more people were that way, things would probably go a little smoother. There'd be a lot less angry people. But no, yeah, you you think about it because yeah, it's an it's an important thing. And yeah, you want to like keep track and make sure that you're doing uh, your due diligence there. No, I get it. But the uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know where to go. I don't know where to go from there. So we don't have Deets chewing on his bone. Yeah, he he stopped making noise and now we're like chirp chirp. We're just chirp, like chirp. looking at each other now. Let's call it good. Eventually we gotta break this hour mark. What is what are we at now? Fifty one minutes, nineteen seconds, and twenty two seconds. I, I have to urinate profusely. Alright, I guess we'll call it good. Oh, let's call it good. Sweet. All right. Unless you want to end this one and start the next episode. (laughs) We can totally do that. All right, cool. See you guys in 20 minutes. All right, bye.